0: You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at EveryNationGTA.org. Welcome this morning. My name is Aaron, and uh, I'm so delighted to be able to share with you today. Uh, it's been my pleasure to be able to work with Bert and Sheila and Richard uh, lately. I've actually been uh, on staff, I think, since about November, uh, which may surprise some of you, but others will go, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Aaron has been with us for a little while. Um, I'm married uh, to a beautiful woman named Crystal, and we have five children together. Uh, my oldest just got his driver's license this week. Um, yeah, so insurance is going to go up. Uh, And uh, the other ones I have are range in age, and the youngest one is five. So that's a little bit about myself. Today's sermon is called uh, Falling in Love, and uh, it kind of is uh, a theme that's been going through uh, my head because of uh, the fact that a lot of single people uh, haven't been able to date uh during covid and i know when you're young and single you like to think about uh your relationships and especially your future like who am i going to get married to what what's my life going to look like and it's kind of all that has been put on pause uh also young couples and or any couple who's been who's married uh, and is uh stuck in a small area with somebody i know that can put a bit of a strain on your relationship and maybe you need to fall in love again and parents who have been uh doing work at home working from home and their kids have been online for school i know it's been a challenge and you probably need to love your kids fall in love with your kids again so this this message is for to address that falling in love and uh especially falling in love With God. So I remember the first time I saw Crystal. uh, It was incredible. It was one of those romantic spark moments. Uh, We were at church camp and I saw this young blonde lady with braided hair. And she had uh, twin braided hair. So one braid on the left, one braid on the right. And that was one of those whoa moments for me. And it, it was awesome. So that wasn't that wasn't love. That was just a spark, a romantic spark, and uh, a spark is very important when you're when you're falling in love. And we we need we actually need to have uh, romantic sparks in our life in our in our life uh, as a married person or in in a dating relationship or in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, direction was actually super important as well. And I started falling in love with Crystal when I, I found out a little bit about who she was, uh, the direction her life was headed and what, what she felt the calling of God was on her life. And, uh, it was actually very important to me. Uh, I had dated some people and, uh, I was really concerned that I was going to end up uh, living uh, a suburban nightmare, which means I'd, I'd be paying to live in the suburbs and it would cost me all my time, energy and money. And I would that's all I would do with my life. And uh, just one little thing about me is if you ever feel like I'm bothering you, hassling you, and you want me out of your hair, all you have to do is start talking about the... The real housewives of somewhere or the Kardashians, and that will really do it. I'll, I'll just be gone. Okay. So there you have it. That's some, the inside scoop on how to get rid of me. Uh, what I found out about Crystal though was actually just the opposite of that. Uh, she wanted to follow God and do missions. And I actually found that very challenging. Pushed me out of my comfort zone, and i uh, i I really liked that I really liked the fact that my life would have some adventure with it and I think that 's important is is sometimes we need somebody who who is complimentary with us and actually helps us rise to the occasion so i 'm very thankful to my wife for being that person. We got married. On September 1st, 2002, I know that's a little while ago now, but, uh, it was fantastic. We had a very beautiful, uh, wedding site. We got married at a place called Fort Rod Hill in Victoria, BC. And there's a beautiful lighthouse there called Fiskard Lighthouse. And, uh, we got married on this kind of cliffside and it overlooks the ocean and you just see the lighthouse. Down below, onto the left, and uh, it was like a perfect uh, dream wedding for for the two of us. And we followed that up with a beach destination honeymoon in uh, San Diego, California. It's it's beautiful there, and we we stayed right along the Pacific Ocean uh, at Mission Beach, and it was just fantastic. So yeah, that's that sounds romantic, but. This is the reality of the situation. Uh, Crystal and I are very independent people, and it was actually very challenging for, for us to make decisions together and to get along even because we, we thought differently. And that was one of the challenges we had. And we actually argued on our honeymoon. That doesn't sound so romantic. And it wasn't. Uh, as you may know, when you're arguing with somebody and they're wrong, that's very unattractive, and that was kind of the case. Actually, probably it happened quite a bit beyond our honeymoon into the first year of our marriage, and it was just getting used to to living with somebody. Uh, I had lived on my own for quite a while, and uh, like I said, we were independent people, and that's that was one of the challenges we had to learn how to. How to work together how to how to be able to make a decision or come into agreement, and that is part of falling in love is that you care about somebody's opinion enough that that you'll be able to adjust your own opinion and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent your way that there's a little bit of give and take so so that that was really good we actually. Um, after the, I'd say, the first year, we became pretty good at that, and we started getting better at that, and we actually started falling in love more and more, and today, we're still very much in love after after these years, uh, we're coming up on 19 years, and we're very much in love, and we are actually working at staying in love, and I think that's a very beautiful thing. Uh, our relationship with God also needs a little bit of work. It takes a little bit of work. And uh, that's that's kind of what I'd like to share with you today. So the very first spark moment I had uh, with God that I remember, uh, a really powerful Holy Spirit moment, actually happened when I was just five years old. And uh, it happened as I was in my parents' uh, bedroom. I just encountered the presence of God. And it was very powerful and very real. And in that moment, I actually gave my life to Jesus Christ. And you might have a a, a time in your life where there's been that spark moment for you in, in your spiritual life. And it, it might not have happened uh, when you gave your life to Christ, but maybe it happened at a different time. Maybe it happened when you were... um Giving or praying or, or God provided for you in a certain way, or when you were water baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, or, or maybe you were reading your Bible and the scriptures just leapt out at you. It, it could be, a, it could have happened in a different multitude of ways. Sometimes what's really awesome too is when you receive a word from somebody or a prophetic word and it has to do with the direction that God has for you and uh that those are really encouraging times and times that we feel like yeah the holy spirit uh is is working in my life and god really loves me and it's it's very important to have those moments but that's not falling in love that's sparks and uh why why i'm sharing this stuff uh with you today is because uh christianity is simply uh a love story between god and you. And there's evidence of this in the Bible. We look at uh, John 3, 16, and it's, for God so loved the world that Jesus came. And that's just my translation. There you go. I made it simple. But it's very important that, yeah, that's actually what brought uh, God to earth in the form of a man, was that God loves you. And there's a a relationship that he wants to have with you. and. I, it's so important that we, we recognize that, that it's just, that's all Christianity is. It's God desiring to have relationship with us. I, another thing that Jesus said, this is the second piece of evidence, is that Jesus said this. The most important thing, the, the first and greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that's Matthew 22 verses, uh, what are they? 37 and 38. Yeah, that's it. Um, the, the purpose, uh, like I said, of sharing this message is that hopefully you'll feel invited. If you're not a believer in Jesus, hopefully you feel invited into a relationship with Jesus. If you have been a Christian for a while, I'd like to, you to feel encouraged in, in your pursuit of jesus christ and in in that relationship growing in that relationship with jesus and there's there's different aspects of that i i think a big thing uh in my life is when i went on from from home i left home after high school and uh my son is doing that this fall which it's a happy sad time for me but uh it's a, a very important time in our, our spiritual lives because really Christianity at that time became my own. I was no longer under my parents' roof. I I didn't have their support and presence uh in my life and I was kind of on my own and Christianity had to be something that was was my choice and my doing. And uh fortunately uh it was a really good time for me and God really moved in my life and I developed a, a very healthy uh, devotional life because of people around me and just because of the, the, it was kind of the cry of my heart. It was kind of the desire I had. So um, there's kind of three things that make up a good devotional life, I feel, and that's praise and worship. Uh, praise is very important because that actually puts you in the right reference of mind, and it actually puts God in the right place in, in your mind and in your heart, and uh, it, it's very important to do that. Another aspect that's important is uh, reading the Bible, and a third one is prayer. And today I want to focus on that middle one, reading the Bible, and hopefully, hopefully I can make this exciting for you. I have no idea where I am. Here we are. So I was in my 20s, and uh, I was going through the Bible, and there was a verse that really leapt out at me. And I've kind of made this verse the the motto of my life. It's Acts 13.22. After removing Saul, it says, He raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my will in its entirety. And I just that just leapt at me. Like it jumped out at me. And I was like, wow, I would love to be a person that God can say that about. That I was a person that um, was going to fulfill God's will. And that I was a person after God's heart. So that actually led me on a Bible reading journey. That That's what launched it. I was already leading a bit, but I really jumped in with two feet when I, when I had this revelation of this verse. And uh, so I went to the book of Psalms because I knew David had authored many of the Psalms. So I, I went for it. And it, it sounds great right now, but when I started that journey, it seemed like it was really long. And it was tough. It was honestly very tough. And uh, it, it took forever. And I, I really noticed that it was taking forever when I got to Psalms 119, and it's 176 verses. Uh, it's a great psalm, though, but it just when I was going through it, I felt like I had weights on my legs, like it, it, was, it was slow. But uh, it, what's important is that God was actually speaking to me, and He was revealing Himself to me in that time. And it was, it was very powerful in my life. And I would say that it was life-altering. And once I got through Psalms, I actually started going through and, and reading the entire Bible uh, from, from beginning to end. And it was a very, very awesome moment. And it really, really developed uh, a hunger and a thirst uh, in me to be a follower of Jesus and to be a person who loves his word and uh it it's a time that i I'm very thankful that I had. I've often uh, actually heard uh that it's difficult to hear God's voice from people and it's it's kind of a common question or a comment i got i have received. And, uh, you, you might agree with that. You might say, Aaron, that's your story of how God's revealed himself to you is awesome, but that's not the case with me. I actually find it difficult to hear God's voice, or I'm not sure that God wants to speak to me. And I, I'll just share this with you. There's three keys I have. Uh, well, three or four. You can be the judge of that, but, uh, It's it's very important that we have an understanding, first, some background knowledge that God does want to speak to us, and just some faith that God wants to speak to us. So, number one, God wants to speak to you. How do I know this? Well, first of all, you're a child of God. You're actually called the Bride of Christ. I think God loves you. And... Thirdly, guess what? God wants to spend eternity with you. Can you imagine spending eternity with somebody you didn't want to talk with? How awkward would that be? How terrible would that be? Uh, God actually, that's his desire, is to spend eternity with you. So yes, he wants to communicate with you. Number number. Uh, sorry, this isn't a number, this is 1B. You can hear God's voice. Uh, Jesus promised this he said my sheep hear my voice and that's 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 awesome is that we need to have faith in the words of Jesus here that my sheep hear my voice and you might say well sheep I you know being called a sheep isn't that romantic (laughs) well and this is supposed to be a romantic message well guess what Jesus is the good shepherd, and he actually laid down his life for the sheep. And I, I find that kind of uh, heroic love. And Jesus loves you very much. And uh, so so we know he wants to speak with us because he said we can hear his voice. And Christianity is actually all about accepting It's about faith, right? So it's about another way of saying that is it's about accepting what God says. Even when we struggle uh, with the realities that we face or the circumstances we face, face, that we can believe God's word uh, above any of those things because his promises are sure. His word is true. Amen. Number two, revelation. God is working, actually, on your behalf to reveal truth to you. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. It says this in John 16, 13. The Spirit of truth will guide you into all the truth. Amen? I I think that's an awesome promise. And I hope you're agreeing with with these words, because it'll help you hear the voice of God when you have faith that God actually wants to speak to you and God wants to reveal himself to you. And uh, I, I think that there's some important considerations, though. Here, here's the caution, okay? Is that, uh, are you going to accept God's word at its face value? Are you going to accept what it says? Are you going to accept what it means? And a big one is, are you going to accept the implications of God's Word in your life. And uh, I've, I have I kind of have this picture of my Bible with a, a like a Wemyss label on it. Uh, you've probably all seen the skull and crossbones, which means death or toxic. Well, God's Word is kind of the opposite. It has a caution one, except for it, it would probably look like a, a very hairy person, a bearded person, somebody with a lot of hair, And it would say, caution, extreme life. And uh, it could be life-altering or life-changing if you read this. And uh, it it is. It absolutely is. A a walk with God, a relationship with God is one of those things. It's filled with life. And uh, your course is going to be changed because God actually has steps set out for you to follow him with. Number three, God's word is powerful. And uh, if you're not a big reader, guess what? This one's for you. It doesn't take very much of God's word to make an impact. And I think of uh, a couple of different verses where where this is true. Uh, if we look at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, uh, at the start of creation, God starts all the creation of the universe with three words, or four words, sorry, let there be light. And that that's incredible, the power of God's word in that case. Uh, we, in the Unstoppable series, we heard some more words. We heard the words, rise up and walk. And Peter t- spoke those words to the lame man. And guess what? God acted through those words, and they were powerful. And, uh, the, the man put his faith in, in the, the ability of Jesus to make him be able to walk. And guess what? He, he had never walked. He was lame from birth and, uh, he was able to walk. Another one I think of is the story of Jesus calling out Lazarus from the grave. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And the very powerful, like uh, resurrection power, somebody that was dead coming alive uh, because of the word of God, and you can find that in John eleven forty three. So I I always emphasize quality over quantity. Uh, now that's kind of where I've gotten to in my life. So I actually read my Bible until something comes out until I feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, until I feel like God is revealing himself to me. And uh, then once that happens, I actually uh, start to meditate on it. And what I mean by that is I think about it. I I start to process it. I start to think, how does this apply to my life? How, how, How can I see this word affecting my life? And then what I'll do is I'll dig deeper into it. I'll I'll look at what it says in the original text. So the Bible wasn't written in English, just so you know. So so some people are very strict on uh, on translations and stuff like that. Uh, Yes, it's good to have a good translation, but guess what? It, It actually was the New Testament is written in Greek. So it's good to look at the original Greek and see what it actually says. And then it's, it's good. Another good way of doing that is actually reading, looking at different translations. Or maybe you need to, uh, look at commentaries on the word of God. What, what have people written about what this passage of scripture is saying? And another good idea is listening to people preach on a a portion of scripture. What do they have to say about it? And, uh, what, what's the God revealed to them? about his word or about his nature about his character and it's uh very important that we we actually do that we dig deep into the word of god uh today there's a ton of things available to us which is fantastic we actually i'm so thankful that we live in the age of information And that things are right at our fingertips. So you can find fantastic commentaries. You can find fantastic preaching. You can find uh, fantastic podcasts to listen to. And all I'd have to suggest is this. Find good sources. If you're wondering if it's a good source or not, why don't you ask somebody? Why don't you ask uh, somebody you trust? uh, Somebody that's been a believer for a while, if it's a good source and they'll they'll give you hopefully a very good straight up answer uh about whether it's a good source or not uh just to circle back to uh meditation on god's word and meditating on god's word uh the this process is actually a very important part of what's built into small groups and this happens, actually, because you're, you're thinking about God's Word, and when you start to talk about it, start to discuss it, uh, it's revealing what's actually in your heart. What's, what's, what do you believe about it? What, what, what do you think about it? And is it a reality to you? And we, we know this from the Word of God. Luke 6.45 tells us this it's out of the abundance of the heart out of out of the heart sorry that the mouth speaks and uh that that is always true you can find out very quickly what somebody is about what they think about what's on their heart because when you just talk with them for a little while and that stuff will come come to the surface and it'll actually come out it'll spill out and uh medi- meditating on god's word actually isn't so much about getting stuff out more than it is getting stuff in, and that's the life-altering, life-giving word of God. And there there might be stuff that you have to let go of. There might be stuff that you have to turn over to Jesus or give to Jesus, but he's going to do some amazing work in your life when you do that. He's going to bring uh, renewal. He's going to bring restoration. He's going to bring healing. He's going to bring what you need, Uh from his word and deliver it into your life. So, what could happen if I go on this this journey of, of uh getting into my my Bible? What could possibly happen? Well, this is what could happen. When I fellowship with Jesus, I'll want to be in relationship with his people, and I'll want to be in relationship with the people of his world. And that's a very powerful thought. Uh, my relationship upward with God will actually expand my in, my relationships with my fellow Christians, and it'll expand my relationship outward with the people that are in my world, the people that are around me, maybe at work or school or, or wherever, at, at the grocery store, at, at the gas station, wherever. As we're transformed, What's going to happen is I'll, I'm going to increasingly behold the image of Christ. And that is actually going to affect me from the inside out. And I'll actually gain God's heart. And it's going to become natural for me to, to want to hang out with Christians. It's going to become natural for me to want to give, for me to want to serve. And uh, these, are, these are very powerful things. Uh so so that's that's the end. That's that's an amazing thing is when there's transformation like that. And uh God is you might not see that shift being a a simple shift but it's going to happen. Uh will will this be exhausting? Yeah, serving is exhausting. It will you're you're going to feel the expense uh mentally, physically, emotionally in your pocketbook, like, you're going to feel it. But guess what? You're going to have a desire to do it because of the time uh, that you've put in with Jesus and that he is just going to fill you. And you're, you're going to be able to give because of the source of God in your life. And he, the Holy Spirit is going to be flowing through you to others. And this is extremely important in our world. And uh, some of you will actually eloquently share the word of God. But many of us actually are going to take another method. Maybe we're not a wordy person, but guess what? We can still share a little, a few words with people that are really life-giving, uh, really powerful words. Like I said, it doesn't take much. The Word of God is very powerful and able to accomplish all God sends it to do. Uh, so I kind of call this other option uh, a fruit delivery option. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit that we're able to give. And think of, think of like an Amazon, uh, delivery van. You'll see the nice little smile on it or big smile that they like to put on it. And I see us kind of operating like that. We're taking the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the good things of, of God, and we're actually delivering them to people when we encounter people. And people are going to be desperate for these packages of love, for these packages of kindness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, uh, self-control, they're, they're very attractive. And I think of something even like forgiveness, the the power to forgive, and what a huge difference that that ability has in somebody's life. And we're only truly able to do something like that when we experience the forgiveness of Christ. And it, it's something that is very liberating, and it'll set us free in our lives to experience the good things God has for us. So I hope you feel today like you've been invited to journey, uh, come on a journey with God in relationship. If if you're not a believer, I hope you feel that invitation. And if you've been a Christian for a while, I hope you feel encouraged that God has a very exciting relationship for you, that He's able to uh, show you how much He loves and He cares for you, and He's He's wants to see you transformed and and see you be a person after His own heart. So let's. Uh, let, I'm just going to wrap it up with a quick prayer. Please agree with me in prayer, Lord Jesus. Today we thank you for your grace, and uh, Lord, I see your grace, Lord, uh, in in my favorite Psalm, Psalm 63. Lord, where David, who's been, uh, he's had his highs and his lows. Lord Jesus, uh, he's, he's, he's been there and done that. Lord, he's been, uh, on the run. Lord, from Saul, Lord, he's become king. And Lord, he's in a place again where he's actually on the run from Absalom, his son, who's, who's trying to take control over his kingdom. And uh, Lord, he He accepts and acknowledges that he's held in a position uh, that is by your grace. And Lord, we thank you no matter where we are. Lord, whether we are doing well or we're not doing well. Lord, we thank you that no matter what the case is, you are holding us there by your grace. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you are life. Lord, I thank you that you are able to work no matter what is going on around us you are able to work and perform uh in our lives lord you are able to to move us on to get us out of the situation we're in and uh lord i thank you for that in david's life and uh lord i pray that we'd be people after your own heart lord i pray that we would fall deeply in love with you and uh lord i just pray for Everyone who is listening to my voice right now, Lord, I pray that they would be in agreement uh, with our desire, Lord, to be seekers and followers of you. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.